Dennis Burkamp, one of Arsenal and the Premier League's finest ever imports, a master of his art. With the help of some Gunners fans and a couple of his former teammates, we look back on the career of a man whose unrivaled technique, class and aura won him a place in the hearts of the Arsenal faithful forever. Het bal bezit voor Frank de Boer. Frank de Boer speelt de bal. Heel goed naar Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp neemt de bal aan. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Dennis Bergkamp. Frank de Boer speelt de bal aan Dennis Bergkamp. Die neemt de bal feilloos aan. En hij schiet de bal erin. We spelen nog officieel 20 seconden. Dennis Bergkamp. 1987 Dennis went on to make 23 appearances in the 86-87 season. He also made his European debut in the Cup Winners' Cup versus Malmo, a competition Ajax went on to win. The Dutchman went on to establish himself as a regular for the Netherlands' most famous club and played a huge part in their march to the Eredivisie title of the 1989-1990 season. That was Ajax's first league title in five years, and Burkamp scored 29 goals in 36 games that season, sharing the Golden Boot Award with Romario. Remember him? With Burkamp's influence growing, Ajax went on to lift the 1992 UEFA Cup and the 1993 Dutch Cup, but there were to be personal accolades coming his way too, as he was named Dutch Footballer of the Year in 1992 and 1993. By the time Dennis left Ajax, he had scored 122 goals in 239 matches for his hometown club. Burkamp's reputation was growing, and some of Europe's top clubs began showing a real interest in his services. A whole host of the continent's biggest clubs were rumoured to be keen on the Dutchman, and in 1993 he transferred to Inter for a fee of £7.1 million. That might not seem like a lot nowadays, but back then that was quite a hefty sum of money. It's said that Real Madrid were amongst the clubs interested in Dennis, but Johan Cruyff advised him against that particular move. But despite the Spanish club's strong interest, Burkamp already had his heart set on a move to Serie A. During that period, there was no question Serie A was at the peak of its powers. Widely regarded as football's premier competition, you could understand why Dennis was so keen to move there. Shortly after the transfer was announced, Dennis told the press, Inter met all my demands. The most important thing for me was the stadium, the people at the club and their style of play. Burkamp made his debut against Reggiana on the 29th of August 1993 at the San Siro in a 2-1 victory. The Dutchman scored his first goal for the Nerazzurri against Cremonese that September, but had a difficult time against the organised and stubborn defences the Italian sides pride themselves on. 
Dennis only managed seven goals in his first season, but that was partly down to the manager Osvaldo Bagnoli's inability to find a stable partnership. Inter finished 13th that year and just a point clear of relegation, but they were successful in the UEFA Cup where they beat Austria Salzburg in the final. Dennis was the competition's joint top goalscorer with eight goals. Another season at Inter meant another manager. This time, Ottavio Bianchi was tasked with stabilising the club. Burkamp struggled with stress injuries and fatigue that season following on from the 94 World Cup and scored just five goals in 26 appearances. Burkamp's poor performances and shy character didn't sit well with the Italian media and the relationship between them and Dennis became very uncomfortable. It's safe to say it never really worked out for Dennis Burkamp in Milan and I wanted to find out a little bit more about why, so I caught up with Italian journalist Vittorio Campanile. Uh, well, uh, you know, it, it's the context that is really important because at that time Milan was dominating in, uh, in Serie A and uh, in Europe. Uh, they had uh, Gullit, Van Basten and uh, Inter obviously was feeling the pressure and they hope signing Bergkamp that was considered one of the rising stars of that period, they could finally close the gap with the AC Milan had Enrico Sacchi at that time. They were playing amazing football, very offensive mind football, while Inter was a team that was still playing uh, Italian style of football, you know, very defensive, counteracted. And so they were trying to even change that mindset, you know, playing more offensive football. They failed with Origo uh, the year before, and uh, so they went with Bagnoli, hoping that uh, with Bergkamp, Inter, uh, Inter would finally play good football. But the problem was that Bagnoli was a very, very defensive mind manager. And so Bergkamp struggled because he was used to a very offensive football. And with Inter, he was pretty much left alone to try and invent and play alone and invent something where, with nine players only thinking about defending. So one of the reasons why Bergkamp failed at Inter was he was coming from Ajax, a very offensive mind football, and Inter instead was a completely defensive mind uh, team, and so that's why it didn't work. Well, another thing really important is when you play for a Milan team, you know that the pressure is really, really high on you. It's not only the fans that are waiting for you to shine and perform highly, but even the press. Every week there was question marks because obviously Bergkamp wasn't performing as expected. He came like, you know, the new big star. And so everybody was expecting him to, to prove and he didn't. So the relationship with the press wasn't great because he didn't speak a lot. He was quite shy. So uh, he didn't want to talk on the other side, a lot of uh, press was demanding to talk to him, understand why he wasn't playing that well. So, yeah, he struggled on that side. And, uh, you know, when he left uh, Inter after a couple of years, uh, nobody believed he could play better at, at Arsenal, for example. Well, he said that uh, when he came to Inter, they promised him that he would play a very offensive mind football. He, he was uh, Barcelona, Juventus... Um, uh, were bidding for him when he was at Ajax and he said no I want to go to Inter because I feel Inter is the right team for, for me and they promised him to play a very offensive football instead he arrived and he said after the first month when things when we tested a very offensive mind football things didn't go well and immediately Bagnoli came back and played a very defensive football and that's why he didn't work out and he said you know I was playing and uh, every time I was alone with one striker in front of me when I was used to play 
with at least other four players attacking with me. And that was shocking for me. And uh, I think that's the reason why it didn't work out. Massimo Moratti, that at that time was the CEO of Inter, the owner of Inter, said to Bruce Roche, the manager of Arsenal at that time, you're lucky if he scored more than 10 goals. Unfortunately, I'm old enough to remember Bergkamp playing with Inter. He was a disaster. You can feel that he was really shy. He, he hardly played. The fact is, he played well in Europe and bad in, in Serie A because he struggled with, with the Italian defence. So he, nobody could imagine that he could play. It's like Thierry Henry with Juventus, you know. He was playing rubbish with, with Juventus. And then he, he remember what happened, you know. So... My thanks to Vittorio Campanile for his contribution. Bergkamp's dream move to Italy didn't quite work out, but his misfortune in Milan was to benefit Arsenal greatly. On the 20th of June 1995, Dennis Bergkamp signed for Arsenal for a fee of approximately £7.5 million, breaking the club's record transfer fee that was previously set at £2.5 million. Initially, Burkamp struggled to make an impact and he failed to score in his first six league games, prompting ridicule from some sections of the press. On September the 23rd, 1995, Dennis opened his account with two goals versus Southampton at Highbury. The Dutchman went on to score 11 goals in his first season, including a last-minute winner versus Bolton on the final day of the campaign, a winner that earned the club a UEFA Cup spot for the following year. Arsenal had been in decline prior to Burkamp's arrival, and he's been described by many as the catalyst for the change in Arsenal's style. With Burkamp in the side and Arsene Wenger taking the reins just over a year later, the Gunners' identity had shifted from a workmanlike, regimented, and well organised side to the perfect blend of flair and power. Back in 2013, Dennis Burkamp sat down with former teammate Martin Keown and spoke about why he decided to join the Arsenal. because um, I didn't have a good time towards my second season or the end of my second season there. But the president, Moratti, he said, um, no, we, we, we're going to stick to the same people uh, next season. So I said, OK, then I have to move on. I wanted to come to England, definitely. And um, Arsenal was so more or less the, the first ones who, um, who showed interest and really, uh, really wanted me to come there. First of all, I didn't know about the boring Arsenal. I only realized that once uh, once I was playing there. It was totally different from the professional Italian culture. It was like a freestyle, you know? Like you, 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 It wasn't that professional. We had to, every time we went to the hotel, the minibar was full with everything, with all sorts of drinks, and uh, the pre-match meal was, was, in my opinion, not, not professional enough. The training sessions weren't hard and long enough. So... Um, I was a little bit surprised, but funny enough, 
it is what I needed at that time. It was to get rid of that Italian culture, like where, where football is more like a profession than, 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 a, than a hobby. And soon in England, I, I, I realized, okay, this is, this is much better. This is where I feel free. This is where I can uh, develop again. Soon enough after, we realized that, uh, that there was a plan at Arsenal. Uh, Arsene Wenger got involved. Then I realized what, uh, what was happening. You mentioned Wenger. Was it the perfect marriage, player and manager? Yeah, I, I think we had the same, and we still have the same philosophy about, about football. I think the relationship was good. It, it wasn't like uh, very close, but it was, uh, it, it was good enough. We had our arguments as well, which, which were silly arguments, because it was about me playing or not playing, which is no problem because we, there was so much respect for each other. It's fantastic if, if you're on the same level of, of thinking, of uh, about football and um, as you know he's very relaxed very calm and that suited me as well in the 1997-1998 campaign Wenger's first full season in charge Burkamp had what many regard as his greatest season in an Arsenal shirt the club went on to win the league and FA Cup double with Dennis scoring 22 goals this was the year Burkamp scored that incredible hat-trick up at Filbert Street versus Leicester, one thing that will live long in the memory of anybody old enough to remember. After being sent off in an FA Cup quarter-final that year for elbowing Steve Lomas, the Dutchman picked up an unfortunate injury which ruled him out of the remainder of Arsenal's games. Burkamp would miss his first FA Cup final, but regardless, he was awarded the PFA Player of the Year award, becoming only the third non-British player to receive the accolade. The following season, the Gunners were unable to retain their Premier League crown. Dennis, though, was just as magnificent, but sadly his season will always be remembered for that penalty miss against Manchester United in the FA Cup semi-final. Peter Schmeichel denied the Dutchman, and if I'm not mistaken, Burkamp never took another penalty for the remainder of his career. Dennis's influence during the club's most successful period was clear for all to see. His touch, vision, technique and ability was as good as anything the Premier League had ever seen. He built fantastic partnerships with the likes of Thierry Henry and Ian Wright, who both say he's the best they've ever played with. And when you look back at some of his goals, passes and moments of genius, it's almost impossible to argue. It's common knowledge that Dennis had a real fear of flying, despite the reports which suggested that this fear came from an incident whilst with the Netherlands national team at the 1994 World Cup. Dennis, in his 2013 autobiography, stated that his phobia was in fact caused by his time at Inter, in which they regularly travelled to away games in small aeroplanes. Dennis had this to say, I've got this problem and I have to live with it. I can't do anything about it. It's a psychological thing and I can't explain it. I have not flown on a plane for two years. The Dutch FA has been sympathetic. So have Arsenal so far. I'm considering psychiatric help. I can't fly. I just freeze. I get panicky. It starts the day before when I can't sleep. Now that condition severely limited Dennis's ability to play in away matches in European competitions and of course to travel with the national team. In some cases he would travel overland by car or by train but the logistics of some matches were so difficult that he just wouldn't travel at all. 
Burkamp's final competitive goal for the Arsenal was to come in the 89th minute of a game versus West Bromwich Albion, and that will forever be known as Burkamp Day. The fans were given orange shirts with his name and number printed on the back to celebrate the great man's fantastic Arsenal career. His testimonial versus Ajax was the first game at the new Emirates Stadium in July of 2006. What better way to open the new state-of-the-art stadium? The first half was played by the two current squads, but the second half featured the likes of Marco Van Basten, the De Burr brothers and Johan Cruyff. Burkamp played 423 times for the Arsenal, scoring 120 goals. He was by no means an out-and-out goalscorer, but a genius nonetheless. One of world football's finest talents, a genius, an innovator and a master of his art. Exclusively for this project, I caught up with two of Dennis's former teammates, firstly Nigel Winterburn and then Jeremy Aliadier. I wanted to know what the name Dennis Burkamp means to them. Quality, um, legend, uh, ice cool, um, he's calling the ice man, just a real gentleman, but ruthless. How many more words would you like me to use? I mean... Just absolutely an incredible player uh, and a privilege to really play with. For me, it just means legends. You know, I, I just, I just, as a kid, before joining Arsenal, for me, Dennis Bergkamp was the best. You know, he was like one of the best. Obviously, I was attracted by Arsenal because of the French connection and Arsene Wenger, but purely a uh, player was obviously Dennis Bergkamp. Then, then, then be able to play with him and, and learning from him was just yeah extraordinary it was incredible what what would you say you learned from from someone like Dennis Burkamp in particular you know what I've learned people might think might think oh that's a bit a bit weird but I didn't I didn't learn much footballistic like just purely technique or stuff like that I didn't I was not it's more how calm and how cool he was how professional how driven he was like it did never I've never seen him gain, you know, like um, losing his calm and losing his cool in training. And I always thought that was such a quality because I've always thought he knows, you know, he, he knows even if he, you get, he gets angry inside him, he knows when, how far he can go. And I've never seen him, you know, always quiet and never seen him lose his head, you know, and, and just just completely like scream, shout and and, you know. So I just I just forgot that's that's an example for me because I think if you can stay focused on your game like he was, then then you know you know you can't you can't really make any mistake you know you just always focus on what you've got to do and I just thought that was yeah that was you know awesome for him yeah. What best memory of Dennis Burkamp? Well, when I'm doing some of the tours of Arsenal and I speak to some of the younger members who obviously know Dennis Burkamp. I'm talking about children sort of 10, 11, 12, probably through their parents really than anything else. I always tell them to go on to YouTube um, or, you know, any internet site and just put Dennis Burkamp hat-trick away, Leicester City. I think that tells you everything that you need to know about him. Different types of goals, but just... Just real, real quality in most of his performances for Arsenal. What was what was sort of everybody's initial thoughts on Burkamp when he first arrived? Because obviously, he came from abroad. Was was everybody shocked by the way he was? I don't think so. I think um, I think really for me it was like a significant signing. 
um, when he first arrived. Obviously under under Bruce Rioch as well, which a lot of people forget coming along with David Platt, similar sort of time. But I think once Dennis settled in, you could see within training and then those performances started to come in the games. His, his touch, his awareness of players around him, you know, the the, the precision of his passing, the, the chances that he set up for his teammates. And then adding to that, the wonderful goals that he scored. I think it, it, it became apparent quite quickly that, I mean, once you, once you, it's hard to describe it, once you train with somebody over a, a short period of time, you get a feeling of what they're like as long as they can transfer that form um, through onto uh, you know a match day, but there was no doubt that that that, that Burkham did did all that. His his training attributes went onto the pitch and, and beyond that, really. Uh, as a as 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 a player or as a human being, because as a player, I think that goal at Newcastle was I was on the bench that day, and and I just could not believe from the bench. I actually didn't even understand what he's done. I was just like, what just happened? What has he done? Did he mean to do that? Because obviously you're on the bench, you're far away. And then it's after when I saw the replay, I just thought, Dennis, what, what have you just done, mate? How did you think about doing this? Even in training, nobody can think about doing that, that control and that twist, you know? So, uh, yeah, for me, as a, as, as, as a pure like, on the football pitch, that was, uh, yeah, that was his best goal, I think, and, and one of my, my favourite memories. What was he like as a person, like as in his character, personality? Well, it was, you know what? He was a joker and he was a funny guy when you knew him. But when I first joined the first team dressing room, he would not talk to me because obviously I was a kid coming through. I had to prove him that I was good enough to be in that dressing room with him and, and with the other boys. And, um, and I can remember he talked quite a while, man. He really talked like a few months until that day when I ended up in a in the medical room and he was there having a massage and um, and we were having a chat with the physio and the fitness coach and uh, and then there was we, we used to play them quiz where uh, what um, um, this five Italian that won the FA Cup and the Premier League you know what was their name and then we were all thinking thinking and uh, and I think the <coughs> the physio one of the physio came up with Juninho and Dennis looked at me like, what did he just say? <laughs> and I looked at him and I just started, we started cracking up like because Juninho is Brazilian, who has never been Italian, do you know what I mean? So we started having a, a proper laugh. And from that day, him, him and I were just like laughing every single day, calling each other Juninho. And he was just like, and that's when we started really having a bit of a bond. And even in training, we talk. And, and then he was giving me advice and, and all sorts of things. But before that, I've never really spoke to him. You know, I was just like saying morning and, and, and that's it. You know, that's about it. So, uh, you know, it's funny how just one, you know, one joke just kind of got us, uh, got us to talk and got us closer. Yeah. In terms of the Premier League greats, how highly would you rank Dennis Burkamp? Wow, um, uh, for me, right up there with the with the best, you know. You know, I, I think uh, I think in terms of obviously goals, assists, but influence as well on the Premier League and on a team like Arsenal and and what he's done for the club and 
and achieve, I think, yeah, he's right up there with, with the best, you know, with the, the lack of Thierry Henry, Eric Cantona, all them guys, I think he's right up there, man. I think he's, uh, you know, technically what, what he could what he could do and, and, and his vision, you know, he could see things that nobody else saw. It's just like in training, he used to do stuff and, and see passes and just think, oh my God, well, how did he manage to, you know, to see? It's like the guys made a run beyond his... His, his vision, do you know what I mean? And he still saw it. So he was, uh, yeah, he always felt that he was one time advance of everybody. He knew before the ball came to him what he was going to do and what. And and obviously, you know, that's just that's just only great players that can uh, that can do. Wow, I mean, we would have to we'd have to sort of list a lot of players and, and go back, and it depends how how far you're going back but he you know he's going to be he's going to be very very high on that list I mean I think you know I'd, I'd, I'd almost like to put the question of Arsenal greats and I think he would be near the very very top without a doubt in my time I, I mean I always say when we talk about legends of your club I only really talk about in the, in the period um, that I was at the club in the modern period because some of the some of the players of the of the past that I haven't seen much of at Arsenal and people talk very very fondly about, but but Bergkamp would would uh, from from my point of view would be would be right up there. I I put him down as um, you know one of my all time greats at Arsenal alongside Thierry Henry for sure. That's how highly I rate him. Great. And just finally, Nigel, last question. Um, what was Dennis Burkamp like on a personal level? Because obviously you knew him and you worked with him day in, day out. What can you tell us about his personality and his character? Um, quite quiet. You know, not at all big-headed, but I think in complete control um, um, in terms of he knew his ability and delivered it on a on a big scale on in many many games uh, uh, and also very ruthless in a sly way when he needed to be <laughs> I think that's the best way I could describe it but he, he, he was such an, an amazing player to play with what was um, what was his relationship like with Arsene Wenger very close you know very close he was one of the one of the boys that used to be with Arsene all the time talking and you know, exchanging with you know with tactics, whatever he used to always give his opinion and 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 you know to be honest, everybody kind of respected Denis, so he knew he had that power inside the dressing room to to you know to say what he wanted to say and, and to give his uh, his opinion on whatever you know tactic set pieces whatever it was that we were discussing. Everybody listened. I also caught up with my colleague over at the same old Arsenal, Lee Judges. Um, Dennis Bergkamp for me is obviously the uh, the best player in my opinion that's ever played for Arsenal. You know, absolutely, um, he just had everything. You know, I mean, he could score goals, his passing range, everything about him. He had that little uh, nasty streak in him as well that um, I quite like in a, in a player as well. So, uh, but just all round, and I think if I be honest, he, he took Arsenal. He made Arsenal uh, put them onto a different level, if you know what I mean. Like they was always a good side, good club, Arsenal. But he took us to somewhere where I never thought we'd go and changed us from a uh, workman-like side, very, very regimental, to uh, a free-flowing, 
a wonderful footballing side, and I think that has to be down to uh, his uh, way of playing and everything like that. And I think that's why, to me, he just uh, beats Thierry Henry to the best player play for Arsenal. What about your favourite Burkamp memory? Do you know what? I was thinking about this today. That, like, funny enough, my, one of my favourite Burkamp memories actually isn't when, he's, when he uh, played for Arsenal. It was uh, when he played for Holland. You know, in that game against Argentina in the World Cup when he scored that goal. When um, I it was probably one of the best World Cup goals I've ever seen. And uh, if you remember, like, England had been knocked out by Argentina in the round before, so we was feeling a little bit bitter. And he come and done that, which was absolutely fantastic. You know, and um, that is probably like, you know, that, I have to say the, the goal against Newcastle, uh, you know, watching that, I was absolutely dumbstruck by that goal. Um, you know, absolute genius. But my other two favourite things, we, I was thinking about today, and I, I don't know if you remember the, the pass um, that he did for Patrick Vieira against Chelsea when we was really up against, I think you remember Patrick give away uh, the ball in the first minute in that game against Chelsea and the unbeaten run was um, uh, could have been um, lost that day and uh, an absolute wonder of a pass from, from him which put uh, Patrick in which we, we equalised and then they do got went and got the winner and my other moment for him is, is I think it's in the 2002 season we was playing Bolton, which were uh, they were a nemesis to us at the time. Uh, always taking points off us, we very found it very very difficult against them. And we went up there on a midweek game. I think it was a Monday night, and um, he put in one of one of the the best one of the best passes I ever needle passes I've ever seen. I don't remember Harry and then, and um, uh, Freddie Lundberg scored the goal, and we won. I think I think we won up there two 0 and it. it, it it pushed us towards a title and uh, just those little bits of magic that he could do that could do and uh, you know like um, obviously you know his first goals for Arsenal against Southampton live in the memory as well like. but just his all round play you know people go on about um, the, the game when he scored those goals and I always feel a little bit funny about that because we'd never actually won the game you know but um, you know uh, they would be my I'd say the best goal that come to think of it now has just come to my head. Probably his best goal was the one against Spurs when he cut back inside, pouring the rain that day. And he cut inside and with a touch, superb first touch and smashed it in goal. So uh, they're, they're my uh, long-lasting memories of Dennis Burkamp. I also caught up with the godfather of the Arsenal podcasting world, Andrew from Arsblog. I associate the name Dennis Bergkamp with a kind of class that I find sort of aspirational for Arsenal in, in that he seemed to me to be the perfect player for the for the ideal model of what we all want Arsenal to be if that makes sense I mean there, there have been great Arsenal characters down the years and really strong leaders and personalities uh, you know who've come to embody the club but when it comes to just professionalism technical brilliance character attitude and just something that exists a little bit above the mortal plane that's what I think of when I think of Dennis Bergkamp um, you know he had a profound effect on the club 
And in some ways, I think he has, he's become the benchmark for the standards that we all expect now because he was just so good and, uh, and had such a, had such a wonderful time at this football club and we all enjoyed watching him so much. I think that he's now become the benchmark for what we expect from an Arsenal player, unfair or otherwise. I think that's what it is. My favorite Dennis Bergkamp moment. Uh, it's hard to narrow them down. I guess you think about goals, don't you? You think about the the amazing goals that he scored. And everybody will talk to you, I'm sure, during this uh, little feature about the Newcastle goal and what an amazing goal it was. For me, the, the best goal was uh, the Sunderland goal, the one that he scored at Roker Park. And they all did the, the celebration with their hands over their mouth. He had this sort of double drag back. And then he, he curled the ball into the top corner. From a, a goal-scoring point of view, that's definitely my favorite bird camp moment. I, I think as well, some of the passes uh, and the weight of the passes that he would make um, and the assists that he would provide were, were just as good. And I think about the one, uh, is it against Bayer Leverkusen in the... Or was it Juventus? It could have been Juventus in the Champions League where he just held on to the ball and held on to it and held on to it. And, and then he just kind of uh, scooped it up with his foot over the defense. Freddie Jumberg was there to score a goal. And it was just the ability to, to maintain possession and wait for a teammate that he knew was going to do something. And not only did he do all that, when the moment came, he was able to execute a piece of just inch perfect brilliance to make sure that Freddie could score the goal. Um, so just, I think those two things are, are really stand out for me in a, in a category in which we could sit here and talk all day. How do you, how do you rank Dennis Burkham in terms of the premier league greats? I think he has to be up there with the very best of them. Um, th there's a weird thing, you know, I kind of feel like Dennis, almost underachieved given his talent and given the, the brilliance uh, that he possessed as a footballer uh, and his determination to succeed. I feel there was a period where after that uh, penalty miss in the, in the game against Manchester United, the FA cup semi-final at Villa park. Um, I, I don't know whether that had a really bad effect on him. Um, I know he did suffer from some injuries around that time. He had some Achilles problems, but I do feel like for, for a player of his brilliance, he, he kind of, he kind of underachieved, but even with that, I think you have to look at what he did for Arsenal and what he, what, what he meant to Arsenal, you know, think about what our top signing was before he arrived. Was, was it Ian Wright or was it, Chris Kawamia or John Hartson, you know, in around the two, two and a half million pound mark. And he arrives in the, the summer of, um, 95 was 95. Wasn't it? It was 95. I absolutely know it was 95 because I know where I was when I heard about the news. I was working in a radio station in Tipperary in Ireland, which was, you know, one of my least favorite jobs ever. But I remember Arsenal, um, the sports girl, uh, the girl who was doing the sports news says, Arsenal are signing Dennis Bergkamp. And I was like, come on, what are you talking about? This is ridiculous. But Arsenal signed Dennis Bergkamp. And he had this effect on a club which had been sort of stuck, you know. Um, and it was at the end of, of, of the George Graham era, era, which was very successful. And Bruce Rioch could come in. And you could see that 
in signing Dennis Bergkamp, there was a seriousness to the ambition um, of the people who are running the football club. They wanted to make Arsenal into something different um, and to take advantage of this Premier League money and this new Premier League landscape. So for me, I think he, he, he marks a, a change in what Arsenal were. Um, and he brought people with him. You know, people were more prepared to come to Arsenal there. You know, Arsenal became a much more attractive destination because we had Dennis Bergkamp. Um, and I think he, he the, the length of time that he played for the club, the fact that he would get one more year and he was still able to contribute, I think... He's right up there with the very best of them. You know, he might not be the greatest goal scorer. He might not, you know, have, have won as much as some of the other players. But I think in terms of the effect that he had, not just on Arsenal, but also the Premier League, I think a lot of players who came to the Premier League looked and saw Dennis Bergkamp and said, well, if Bergkamp is there, that's a place I want to be. Um, so I think he's he had a really profound effect on, on Arsenal and English football. He had an exceptional uh, technical quality, great vision and great skill, very skillful to finish. But as well, he added something uh, to his game that was elegance, class, and uh, he struck you uh, when you saw him play straight away. There's something special with this guy. And uh, even today, all the former players who played with him said, uh, he is the player, you know, the player that remains in your brain that the player remains in your head because he had something special. Dennis finished his career having made 552 professional appearances, scoring 201 goals. He also managed 79 caps for his country, scoring 37 goals in the famous orange shirt. Burkamp also won three Premier League titles, four FA Cups, three Community Shields, two UEFA Cups, a European Cup Winners' Cup, two Dutch Cups and of course the Eredivisie title. Dennis was also presented with a whole host of individual awards, a list which is far too long for me to run through now because to be quite honest, I don't have a spare half an hour. So do look it up if you're one of those that's a little bit too young to remember Dennis Bergkamp because I can tell you Dennis was one of the greatest footballers the Premier League has ever seen and in my opinion, the biggest talent Arsenal have ever had. A huge thanks to all our contributors, Jeremy Aliadier, Nigel Winterburn, Vittorio Campanile, Andrew from Arsblog, Lee Judges from the same old Arsenal podcast. Without those guys, uh, we wouldn't have been able to put this show together. So a huge thank you to them and to you, the listeners, for tuning in as you do every week. We really, really appreciate it. And we'll be back very, very soon with another episode looking back at the career of another Arsenal legend. Until then, take care.